0: cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever, or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. And by the time you hear these words, we will be only five weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft. And we here at Sports Crunch are about to go into overdrive with our Dash to the Draft series as April 28th draws near. We begin to do so tonight with an overview of the off-ball linebacker class. And joining us to analyze the linebackers in this year's draft is Scott Kennedy, formerly the Director of Scouting for Scout.com. And he now runs his own enterprise out of his North Georgia home, Scott Kennedy Productions. Scott It is a pleasure to have you with us. Welcome to the program.
1: David, well, thanks for the invite. Uh, I'm looking forward to always talking a little football. Appreciate you having me.
0: You're welcome, Scott. We appreciate having you on as well. And uh, let's uh, start at the top of this off-ball linebacker class. Many consider Utah's Devin Lloyd as the best uh, off-ball backer in this class. Just weeks ago, many mock drafts, as I'm sure you know, had him as a top-ten pick. That said, since he didn't test as well as hoped at the combine, he could very well experience a fall on draft day. How does he compare with recent players at his position who went in the top 10, say Roquan Smith and Devin White? And if he does fall, how far can you see him falling?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know the comparisons quite as well, honestly. And I, I, Dave, we'll have a little fun with this, because when we do our show on uh, on Mile High Huddle, uh, the Huddle Up pod with Nick and Broncos for breakfast or whatever, I, I can't help but make fun of the phrase off ball linebacker. I had to ask him, I'm like, what the hell is an off ball linebacker? And he says, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a guy that doesn't line up on the line of scrimmage. I mean, you, you mean like behind the line as in like back from the line, like a linebacker? We already have a phrase for this position. It's called a linebacker. <laughs> so I like to make fun a little, bit, a little bit of it. And Devin Lloyd, now I'm still from the school, inside, outside, Sam, Mike, et cetera, et cetera. I like his versatility. So he's not to me just plugged in as an inside backer. Where, you know, run suffer, two down guy, what I really like about him is his ability to then walk up to the line of scrimmage and be a pass rusher or sniff out screens. So I like his ability to make plays laterally. Uh, and and again, to be a playmaker, not just what you think of as middle linebackers now, which is just, you know, making the tackles. You know, Foye, Oluokon, Deion Jones uh, in Atlanta combined for over 300 tackles, but were they making a ton of plays? Foyer made some because he just got a, a $15 million a year contract. But uh but as far as Devin Lloyd goes, I really do like his versatility.
0: Yes, but uh a lot of people were underwhelmed by his uh combine uh, testing, and uh he may be falling. And if he does fall, once again, uh how far do you see him dropping in the draft?
1: Yeah, let's see. Devin Lloyd, six three, almost 240 pounds, uh arm length, 466. That's that's fast enough. Uh, and he didn't do the uh the agility. So when I'm looking at the linebacker position, really any, I want to know vertical, standing broad, short shuttle, cone. To me, that's more important than your your than your than 40 time anyway. So he's coming in at 6'3", 240 pounds. I'd I, I want to see those agility numbers. If He can run a 4'8", if he's dropping a 4'0 shuttle time. That side-to-side number and that quick burst is going to be much more important to him. So I don't know that he's had his pro day just yet um i don't think he has and that's where he's got a chance to to move back up into that range again the position itself has been devalued to the point that seeing seeing in the top 10 might be a little high however i think his versatility will help him out knowing that hey i can i can micah i can poor man's micah parsons this guy and i can use him as an edge in, in, in definite pass rushing situations
0: oh that definitely makes a lot of sense especially with the latest news out of denver that the broncos have a very similar strategy for uh Baron Browning, who uh, shined at inside linebacker last year, but uh, given the quarterbacks in that division and the concerns at the top of the depth chart at edge for the Broncos, they want to give Baron Browning more snaps at edge uh, in addition to his inside linebacker duties. So a similar role for Devin Lloyd and what we saw from Michael Parsons last year is definitely not out of the question, and that alone could keep him in the top 15, and uh, moving right along here, another off-ball linebacker prospect that many see as the best in this class is Nicobe Dean of Georgia, a guy who you obviously know very well being from Georgia. Now, some buzz suggests that he could fall all the way to day two given concerns about whether his physical play style can hold up at his relatively petite size at 229 pounds, and in addition, some are, are of the opinion that one or both of his fellow Bulldogs in this class, Quay Walker and Channing Tyndall maybe as good or better options. In what order do you have these three Georgia backers ranked on your board at this time and why?
1: Um, I haven't put them in a, in a total board like that to, to start doing, but I will address uh, Nakobe Dean and what he brings to the, it's kind of funny. You start thinking yeah, he's undersized. He's 230 pounds. You know, we're talking Matt. Well, offensive tackle. Yeah. He's, he's real thin. He's six eight three fifteen. 15. You're like, that's where this game is going. So at 230 pounds, I would say he's short at five eleven, not necessarily small, um, but you know, again, he hasn't done his testing in there. So the things that you love about N'Kobe Dean are the things you typically like in a quarterback, and it's fitting because this guy could be the quarterback of a defense. He is brilliant football field uh, on the football field. You're talking about a guy who graduated from an engineering school at UGA in three years, captain of a national championship team, and he's the one that makes sure that everybody is lined up in the right spot predicts plays and calls people out you know says okay it's coming this way or you did this and he's just a pure leader absolutely pure leader go you know fall all the way to the second day you know a second round pick isn't isn't bad for him isn't bad for an inside linebacker um at 5 11 230 pounds so while i'd seen him early mocked as high as you know nine to the denver broncos when the uh when they were looking at Dan Quinn, I'm like, okay, this is a perfect Dan Quinn guy. Well, I wouldn't want to make this pick. I can advocate for it, but I think second round for most inside linebackers, because for me, he would be more limited to a straight inside guy, as opposed to Devin Lloyd, who has a little bit more upside because of his ability to move inside and outside and play the edge uh, and, and become a pass rusher as well. Whereas in coverage, you might be making your substitutions there and bringing in another another defensive back, safety corner, whatever. And do I really want to use a top 15 type of pick on a guy like that? Probably not. And if I do, it might be on his big teammate, Jordan Davis, you know, a nose guard who's who, if I'm, if I'm going to use a, a two down guy, it might be on, you know, the man child that is Jordan Davis. But I, I am a huge fan of N'Kobe Dean and what he will bring to a team. Cause whoever drafts him, you're going to plug him in and you're going to love him for the next decade. What is that worth to you? We'll see. We'll see on draft day.
0: We most certainly will. And there is definitely a lot to love about Nicobe Dean, but, uh, before we proceed, uh, give us an analysis of, uh, his, uh, Georgia teammates, Quay Walker and Channing Tyndall and what teams will get if they draft one of those two guys.
1: Well, looking at, if you start looking at Quay Walker, um, uh, you know, six four, two hundred and forty one. 241, it's a different body type. You know, he's, he's five inches taller, could put on a few pounds again. That gives the versatility of being able to go out there and, and and move around a little bit, stay on the field a little bit longer. Can he cover a tight end? Can he do different things? Yeah, probably. Physically, he probably can, but Quay Walker benefits from playing next to N'Kobe Dean also. So, um, you know, he was 4'5'2 at the Combine, 32-inch uh, vertical, 122-inch uh, broad. Forty times real good. And again, it, these guys didn't do at the Combine, they didn't do the Elcone and Shuttle. And part of that I think was because they were so late. You, you started hearing reports about, you know, it's it's 10 o'clock at night. These guys are they're done. They're they're not going out there trying to put up their best times. Uh I didn't see what they did at the pro day. I know Kobe Dean was was uh was fighting an injury, which that could make you drop uh, a little bit. So uh we will see on on Quay. And I don't know nearly as much about his teammate too to comment on him uh, on Tyndall.
0: Thank you very much for that insight there, Scott. And just two years ago, the Bengals selected a linebacker from Wyoming in Logan Wilson, who has already grown into a core piece of their defense. And this year, Wyoming is sending an arguably better linebacker prospect to the NFL in Chad Muma. Chad Muma, this guy was a tackling machine for the Cowboys, 11.3 tackles per game over the past two seasons, and he posted some pretty special numbers at the Combine, too, a 40-inch vertical and a 129-inch broad jump. How does Chad Muma compare and contrast with Logan Wilson as a prospect, and can you see him carving out a similar role for himself as his fellow Wyoming Cowboy within the next couple seasons?
1: Well, maybe. Again, let's let's uh, let's. I want to try and compare him to other players that he might get drafted with, so let's look at him next to Devin Lloyd. Uh, You know, we were talking about Devin Lloyd having maybe not such an overwhelming, a little bit underwhelming at the combine. But, you know, from a measurable standpoint, 6'3, 239 pounds, 4'6'3, that was similar where Chad Muma really excelled. Again, what did I say about Lloyd? Look at the shuttle, look at the vertical, look at the L cones. And Chad Mumas were terrific. A 40 inch vertical, 129 inch on the broad, a 706 L cone puts him in defensive back territory. And uh, on a 4'28 shuttle, again, that's where I want to see my linebackers. That's how I judge my athletes. I got a, a good chance to see him at the, uh, at the senior bowl. And, uh, I was a big fan again. Do I want him in the first round? No, probably not. But, uh, you know, if I'm getting him second or, you know, for goodness sake, if he slips into the third, he's a steal. So good size, good athleticism, athleticism, great production that, uh, he's going to be a good pickup for somebody.
0: He most certainly is, and a prospect that could very well be rising up boards across the league after posting some super freakish results at both the Combine and his pro day is Wisconsin's Leo Chennault. Aside from a 40.5-inch vertical and a 128-inch broad jump in Indy, he posted an astonishing 6.84-second three-cone drill, or as you call it, the L-cone. Moreover, according to data analyst and statistician Kent Lee Platt, who you can follow on Twitter at MathBomb, Chennault's relative athletic score, or RAS, ranked fourth out of 2,188 linebackers dating all the way back to 1987. But the biggest question is, does the tape match the traits for Leo Chennault in your view? And how early can you see him hearing his name called?
1: I think think the tape doesn't quite match the, the athleticism. How could it? You know how, how could it when you're talking about okay this is the fourth overall of three thousand guys? guys well, he would have to be one of the best players we've ever seen he'd, he'd have to be one of those guys that matches you know hey he was invited to you know, he finished second in the heisman trophy voting and the highest ever for a defensive guy that strictly played defense you know and he wasn't that guy but coaches love this type of upside let's get him in our system let's let him grow of six three 250 pounds like you said and again if i'm looking at those the, the athleticism numbers you can't you can train up a 40 you you really can I see kids go from four nine to four sixes all the time that aren't that fast but they there's some training involved with your uh your start is the big part of it and getting that down correctly but you cannot fake a vertical jump that is just pure athleticism and uh an explosiveness you know in 40 and a half outstanding six three 250 pounds we mentioned that already and you mentioned a sub seven, uh, a sub seven l Cone three cone. That's uh, again, that's going to match up. I could I could look at my spreadsheet here and and sort that by defensive backs, and he'd be in the upper in the upper half at 250 pounds. It's pretty special.
0: Uh, yes, but uh, you uh, brought the key point that the tape doesn't necessarily match the traits, so to speak. But uh, that said, given uh, coaches are usually in love with upside, uh, just how high can you see him climbing up draft boards in the end?
1: Oh, uh, depends on where he is now. I mean, you're you're talking about the, if you're going to miss on a guy, miss on a guy with that type of athleticism. And like I said, I didn't say that, you know, he was bad, just that it didn't necessarily match a top 10 ever type of athlete, for goodness sakes. And you know who else did? It was Adafa Owe. Micah Parsons uh, may have been one of those guys. Those guys were, they're coming out of their pro days at Penn State were just absolute the freaks of nature. I said without hyperbole that Owe, was going to be one of the best athletes in the NFL the minute he put a helmet on, and you know he wasn't that type of player yet. Still went in the first round, went in late first round, but he was an edge, a little bit bigger. Will Chenault be that guy? Um, with that type of athleticism, he should he should go in the second round, you know, top third at the latest.
0: And moving right along here, Jordan Reed of ESPN and others reported from the combine that a linebacker that the NFL is apparently much higher on than those uh, in draft media like you and me is Damone Clark of LSU. Forgive me if I butchered that first name. Damon Damone, uh, we'll just uh, call it Damone, is my top guess because of the E at the end, so to speak. But based on what you have seen of Damone Clark, why do you think that is?
1: Uh, Again, what I know of him is similar to what those guys saw at the combine. And again, you're looking at 6'2", 240 pounds with a 457, 36 and a half inch vert, uh, a 7-1-2, a again, I mentioned earlier, 6-8-7, a sub-7 for that for for that size is, is, is elite. A 7-1-2 is really good. So he's going to show up there at 250 pounds, 240 pounds, uh, and be fluid and look good at, at, in going in and out of his drills. The problem is the combine setting might be the worst, or a 7-on-7 seven seven type might be the worst place to try and judge a linebacker and a running back. Because if you're not hitting or being hit, you don't know what you've got, but you see the athleticism, you see the upside and he's, he's obviously got an NFL physique and, uh, and physical traits and that's what people are going to like. So we'll see, we'll see where he ends up.
0: Yeah. Plus, uh, he was given the distinguished uh, jersey number eighteen in LSU, which is reserved for like uh, exceptional team leaders and captains. And I think that's an intangible that will appeal to a lot of teams.
1: David, good call. Again, that's what I said. That's one of the things I love so much about Nickobe Dean, who we mentioned at the top of the show, was everything else that he brings to the table is it, it's you can't quantify that. It's it's one of the phrases I've used before. You know, they say you can't measure someone's heart. Uh, that's true, but you can damn sure tell if they've got one or not. Um, And that's kind of how the it factor is. It's like, I don't know how to quantify it, but he's got it. He's got it. He's just the guys that make plays when it counts. N'Kobe Dean is one of those guys. Uh, And if you're wearing 18 at LSU, then, you know, they've seen something in you as well.
0: And now it's time to play one of our favorite games here on the program. It's called buy or sell. And in this game, I mentioned a linebacker prospect that we have not talked about yet. And you tell me whether you buy or sell his long-term potential in the NFL. We start with Alabama's Christian Harris, buy or sell.
1: I got to know what their price is. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking prices, right? I got a pretty good idea what things cost. Uh, a Christian Harris, buy or sell, uh, buy. You know, 226 pounds coming out of a Nick Saban defense with sub 4-5-40 time. Um, and, and, uh, the, the explosiveness to go over, hit, to hit an 11 foot broad jump Bye.
0: uh, yes. And, uh, like around, uh, round two, like top half of round two, I think that's a good place for him.
1: I might go a little lower than that. See, that's, that's where it says. So again, where, where are you looking at him? People say, you know, it's like one of those say, well, he's overrated. Well, what do you rate him? You know, or. Uh, he's overpaid. Well, what's he getting paid or that when people are talking about free agency or making trades, it's going to cost too much to get him. What's the cost. So, you know, again, if you were to say, okay, he gets picked at pick 95 and I'd say, okay, I'd probably like him a little bit better than that. I'd buy, I'd buy for sure.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, feel free to specify which part of the draft you would buy. Jesse Lukita from Penn state, buy or sell.
1: Jesse Lukita uh six two, 261 pounds that's a big kid four eight nine Um uh, explosive numbers aren't great i might i might sell on him again it depends on what you're looking at where where are we talking about what are, what am i buying him with a fifth round pick i might take a shot at fifth round anything nice. before that anything before that i think it'd probably be too early
0: malcolm rodriguez oklahoma state buy or sell
1: 5'11", 227, 452, 40-inch vertical, and 120. That sounds an awful like so, like someone we were talking about going in our first round in the Kobe Dean. So, sounds like a sleeper to me. Third round? Third round sound about right?
0: Now, yeah, third round at the earliest, definitely. That's uh, when these uh, athletes start going off, especially in the late third. That's uh, where uh, Baron Browning, who we talked about earlier, went uh, last year. And, so, that uh, sounds
1: like a buy. That sounds like a buy for me.
0: Absolutely. And I was at the Senior Bowl as well. And a guy who caught my eye on the first day, Darian Beavers of Cincinnati, buy or sell. 6'4,
1: 240 pounds, 36 inch, uh, with a 6'91 cone. That's a buy. That's a buy all day. Are you kidding? Come on, 6'91? Yes, yes, please. I'll take him.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. The first uh, day of Senior Bowl practices, uh, I was like an easily distracted by what the quarterbacks were doing at the time because uh be, being a broncos fan i was uh, trying to watch the quarterbacks but uh during one of the um one-on-one passing drills beavers uh, made a beautiful pass breakup and that was easily the highlight of the day for me um right there so well, darian beavers uh, could uh, easily be a sleeper at linebacker on this draft and, at, and uh, david Baird here's George my draft. question
1: where's troy anderson Troy Anderson is one of my favorite guys out here on this board. And you talk about who got my attention at senior bowl. I thought Troy Anderson was the best linebacker there.
0: Oh, Montana yeah. state, Troy Anderson.
1: Yes. And then he, then he went to the combine and had a very good, you put the numbers up to back it up. Uh, this is someone that Nick and I talk a lot about at Broncos for breakfast. Cause I think he was a like an all conference running back until he decided to play uh linebacker and they moved him over and he was an all conference linebacker. I'm like, no, that's a football player right there. A football player is six three and a half, two hundred and forty five 245 pounds, running four fours uh, with a 36-inch vertical. I like Troy Anderson big time. And for a a guy like Devin Lloyd, I, I think he should be mentioned in the same... He should be able to sneak into the first round if people are still valuing the linebacker position. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, he's a first-round guy. Uh, is he this year? Maybe not. But if he gets out of the second, people have lost their minds.
0: Uh, that'll be a very interesting game to watch Troy Anderson, kind of like the reverse Javante Williams, Javante Williams started out as a linebacker before becoming a running back. Anderson's the reverse.
1: Yeah. It, it, normally you can't, you can't get people to go from running back to linebacker, <laughs> uh, because they're like, no man, I'm a running back. I'll go play somewhere else where I can play running back guys. The guys on offense don't like to make that switch. They, they like scoring touchdowns.
0: Yeah. That's a very, very, uh, out of the box, uh, position switch there. Brandon Smith of Penn State, buy or sell.
1: Brandon Smith, Penn State, six three and a half, 250, 4'52 on the 40, 37 and a half inch, 128 broad. Man, they, they were running these guys were just amazing uh, athletes out there. So, you know, you got to give me your price on them. What are you saying? What do you offer me for them? And I'll let you know. So um, when I say buy or sell, earliest, six three and a half, two fifty, you know, fourth round, mid third, I'd have to I'd have to look more on him for sure. Yeah.
0: Zacoby McLean of Auburn. Uh,
1: I'm not a huge fan. Um, I, I would think I, I'll be, it won't surprise me if he goes undrafted. So I think we might have to go sell on that one a little bit. Five, half, 11, 220, uh, four, seven is his, his combine. He's undersized. And then his, his uh, combine numbers weren't very good. That's a bad combination at linebacker.
0: Uh, this is subject to change, but just for a point of interest, uh, lands Yearline of NFL.com has the Cody McLean higher on his list of linebackers than Leo Chanel, who we just, uh, talked about earlier.
1: Uh, it, it only takes one. It, it, you don't have to convince 32 teams. It only takes one to say, I love this guy. And they take him. Uh, I would not necessarily want him that high. I, uh, again, um, he's a little undersized. He's a lot undersized, frankly. Um, and he doesn't have the uh, the the sideline, the sideline or the explosiveness to make up for it. So that's two strikes against him. And it usually only takes one to to knock a guy down.
0: Yeah, well, that's the beauty of the process. All it takes is one to fall in love. And he could be mm-hmm. drafted higher than both you and I anticipate. Brian Asamoah of Oklahoma, buy or sell?
1: I don't know. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on him. So I that's uh I don't have enough info on him. Uh here we go. Six foot two twenty six. Again, a little undersized four, but he's running considerably faster, you know, almost two tenths of a second faster. Uh 36 and a half inch vert, 124 on the broad. He should be a mid-round pick, you know, a, a day three fifth round guy, maybe. So that, that's where I put him. So again, you know, what do you offer me for him? If you say a third, I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, I'll sell. You can give me a third. But uh, I know what this means. Like you want him or not. Uh, I'd want him fifth round. Any higher than that is probably uh, is probably a bit too high for me.
0: And last but not least, for buy or sell, Aaron Hansford of Texas A and M. C- Aaron Hansford, six foot two,
1: two hundred thirty nine pounds. Um, did not test at the combine, so I would probably wait on him. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass for now. I'm gonna pass.
0: Fair enough. And he is Scott Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen, founder of Scout Kennedy Enterprises. You can follow him on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And Scott, thank you so much once again for joining us. But before we let you go, let's come up with some of the best possible NFL destinations for some of these linebackers, starting with Devin Lloyd.
1: Oh, gosh, a player like him can fit in just about anywhere. Who needs a pass rush? Uh, You know, who needs some who needs some help now? How about the Atlanta Falcons at eight? Uh, they just lost for a and have no pass rush. Wouldn't he help fit that? That's too high for him. Um, but that's what I would start to, I haven't broken down enough of the teams to say, okay, who could use some help here or there? So that, that, this, this little game will be a little bit tough for me. I, I'd be in order to say, Hey, we, this team needs a, how would this guy fit with this team? If you know, they need a backer and I'll, I'll tell you all about him. I don't know your team as well as I knew this player.
0: Yeah, so we'll just uh, put the Falcons as a good landing spot for Devin Lloyd. How about N'Kobe Dean?
1: Again, who who needs a – he's a perfect Pittsburgh Steeler type or a Chicago Bears linebacker. Uh, So who are you looking at that needs uh, an inside linebacker? He reminds me a lot of someone like Sam Mills or uh, a Jesse Tuggle, two NFC South legends. But, again, I just mentioned a a couple guys that are – you know, that played 30 years ago. It's a, it's a little bit of a different game. That's he's a throwback type for me. So, you know, who needs a captain of their defense? The Broncos did. That's why he was, he was being talked about, maybe possibly going to the Denver Broncos. Um, The Falcons could use somebody like that, but not at eight, no way at eight, maybe with one of their second round picks later on. Um, But again, who needs a tackle? You know, you know, who could use him. trade back? Seattle Seahawks could use that guy now. You know, with Bobby Wagner being cut, and you got a cost control guy who can come in and take his role for the next ten years. What about Quay Walker? Quay Walker, I like his ability to go inside, outside, edge. Uh, the again, the 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 term we're going to use here is versatility. So six four, two hundred forty pounds. You know, how about you're looking for somebody to try and match up against uh, you know some of these big tight ends? So you know, maybe dropping somewhere in the AFC West, going against going against, uh, Kelsey or a, uh, you know, going against the 49ers and they're big guys. So, um, somewhere in there possibly. So we'll see.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, moving along to Chad Muma. keep in mind, he is a Colorado native. And, uh, if for some reason he falls to 64, like he did in a mock this morning, uh, that I did on the draft networks, uh, mock draft (laughs) simulator, uh, it might not be the worst thing for the Broncos if he's still on the board there at 64, especially with the them wanting to uh, give Baron Browning more snaps at edge, get more yeah. s- pure speed at ILB.
1: Again, who who needs size and speed at inside at inside linebacker? There, there's your answer. You know, I don't I don't know all the teams' boards as far as what they need, but again, he's going to be physical. He's 240 pounds, and he's got terrific sideline to sideline speed. And again, I would put Troy Anderson in that same boat. Whoever needs Troy Anderson could end up needing, could, could need uh, Chad Muma too. Very, two, very similar, very good players. I actually like Anderson a little better than Muma.
0: Fascinating. Love your outside the box thinking there, Scott. Uh, Leo Chanel. Same, same thing,
1: David, you know, you're looking for upside here. So this one might go to someone who is uh, maybe I don't need him right away and I'm willing to wait a year. Uh, I can use him to back up a veteran type. And then say, I've got one guy last year on his contract. He might be a little older. Who fits that type of, uh, of profile? And then I can bring Leo in here to 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 get some snaps and learn under him. That would be a, probably a good place for him.
0: The Colts have a couple linebackers uh, coming out of contract after this year. O'Karake being one. Uh, I think the Colts would be a very good landing spot. Put him next to Darius Leonard and have them feast.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That's how, that sounds like a good spot.
0: Thank you so much once again for joining us, Scott. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we will be back very soon to continue our 2022 Dash of the Draft series as we wrap up our position-by-position prospect overview. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DCrom59 and on Instagram at Sports Crunch with DCrom. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. Also, be sure to check out the new and improved sportscrunch.com where my first mock draft of the 2022 cycle is now posted and where another one shall be posted in the week ahead And also make sure to follow Scott at Scout Kennedy on Twitter. For Scott Kennedy, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, and whatever you're doing, please keep the brave people of Ukraine in your thoughts and prayers. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.